You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, H-A-W-G-Sports.com. The exhibition season is over for Razorback basketball, and we're going to talk to Curtis Wilkerson about everything going on with Razorback hoops, and it's game week back again. Mississippi State on the docket this week. You know we're going to dive deep into that one. All that and more on Hogsports Live. Been a little bit since we've done the show. Took a little bit of time off, some much-needed time off for Arkansas, for the show, for everybody, I think. I think it was refreshing to sit back and watch a little bit of football with other teams play, not have too much emotionally invested, but we're back in it this week. Before we get started, I want to remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. If you haven't subscribed to the page, be sure to do so, both on YouTube and Facebook. Follow the page on Facebook. Subscribe on YouTube. Hit the notifications bell so you're notified anytime we upload new videos. Also available on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for your five-star reviews. If you haven't taken a moment to leave us a five-star review, uh, take a moment to do so now. Also available on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. Hogsports is just $1 right now for your first month. HAWGsports.com. Be sure to sign up for our newsletter if you haven't done so, and uh, sign up for breaking news text alert, uh, alerts as well. All right, before we jump into everything, I want to get to a few housekeeping items like we like to do. Arkansas LSU kickoff time set 12 days from now. That's not this week, but the next. Arkansas is 5-3, and three, LSU 4-4. Four and four. They're going to play at 6-30 in Death Valley on SEC Network. That's, there's not much better venues than that. I mean, that is going to be – even though LSU is falling on hard times, that's going to be it's, – it's always a great venue. The chance of rain is never, as they say, in Death Valley for a night game. So that will be good. But first, before that, uh, Arkansas starts full swing uh, for Mississippi State. They actually started on Sunday this week because uh, Tuesday they get off for the the voting. Some of the teams in the SEC actually asked for a waiver on that. Arkansas just went ahead. They wanted to get them back, so they went ahead and practiced on Sunday. uh, And they'll practice today, and then Tuesday will be off for voting and stuff. So we won't have any media availability or anything Tuesday. In fact, today we spoke to Sam Pittman a little bit ago. And then we got practice around 4, 10 or so. And then we'll have player availability today instead of tomorrow at 6.15 due to that. And then no availability. And then Wednesday we'll, we'll speak to Sam Pittman. So mix things up a little bit this week. But uh, back in full swing for prep. Arkansas needed a break. I don't think there's any question about that. Everybody knows they needed some time off to get healthy. And really kind of in a way got two weeks really. I mean, if you think about it, they had no choice but to rest players during the UAPB week because they were so banged up. So they, you know, rested a lot of the starters, especially guys like Traylon Burks, you know, and, you know, he's kind of had a foot issue that they've really worked on. And, they, you know, there's so many injuries like that that you don't talk about. You know, you only talk about, well, Dalton Wagner broke a finger, so he's out. Or Markel etsy has got an injury, he's out. But there's so many guys that are just like, you know, soft tissue stuff and, you know, sprains, all those kinds of things, and, you know, bruise here and there. You know, uh, even, uh, you know, Sam Pittman didn't mention this, but the Auburn game, K.J. Jefferson wasn't 100%. He was healthier probably for the Ole Miss game than he was the Auburn game. Um, you know, he's got the knee issue. so But he's back, feeling healthy, feeling refreshed. And I wonder about that a little bit. Like, what is the balance with having – I'm not saying it was like two bye weeks, but that UAPB week, they took it pretty easy on them, especially the starters primarily. And then last week was really just young guys getting work and resting other guys. Like Traylon Burks didn't do anything except for like walks, walk through stuff. So they really took it easy on those guys. But, you know, when you go from like, you know, you're in the grind, you're in the middle of it. Mississippi State, for example, three weeks in a row uh, coming up here after their bye week. Um, they've been in it. And for Arkansas, is there like a bit of a – like a I don't know if layover is the right word, but some kind of like effect of like jumping back into it and be like, oh, you know, we're playing football again against a really good opponent. Um, you know, how much will that play a role in it? Pittman said he was pleased with the energy, enthusiasm, and stuff they had uh, on Sunday's practice, not necessarily the execution on offense. And they're going to need to execute on offense. Will Rogers, the Mississippi State quarterback, I watched the game, I'm sure you did, Kentucky. A lot of people were surprised to see Mississippi State favored in that one, but that just shows you how important it is to be a home team in the SEC. Will Rogers was 36-39 of passing, 
in that game. That's 92.3%. 344 yards, that doesn't stand out. That's not a high yardage total for 36 completions. But still, for a quarterback in the SEC throwing at least 30 passes, that is an all-time record, 92.3%. All-time record. Now, we can say, okay, they didn't complete a high yards per completion, but there have been – I mean, countless number of quarterbacks through the history of the SEC that have had an opportunity to set this record, and Will Rogers is the guy that set it. It's the second year in a row that Arkansas is going to be facing a Mississippi State quarterback after a record-setting performance. Remember K.J. Costello last year went for uh, 623 passing yards and five touchdowns. 623 passing yards was an SEC record um, when they beat number six LSU 44-34. They bumped up to number 16 nationally and suddenly became unbeatable for Arkansas. And Arkansas, of course, won that game, if you look back. 21-14, I believe. Three interceptions the next week. So, that is crazy, though. It's two different quarterbacks playing for the same coach, the same team, setting two different passing records. All-time SEC records. Pretty remarkable. Now, when you look at it, the yards per completion, and what you have to keep in mind with Mississippi State is they supplement a lot of um, their run game with passing. Like, if you look at the top receiver, the top receivers in the SEC in terms of catches, uh, two of them are Mississippi State running backs, two of them, including the number two guy in the country, tied for number – not in the country, tied for number two in the SEC is a running back. So, that's that's – you know, that just shows you how much the screen game is involved. And for guys like uh, Greg Brooks and Jaden Johnson, how important that role, that nickel role is, fighting through blocks, getting to, you know, getting through those screens. And it's just a, it's a tough position to play. It's going to be really important. Greg Brooks had a really good game last year, had a big interception, a pick six, kind of set the tone for it last year. Um, I do think, though, that for a guy like Will Rogers, the fact that he's willing to, you know, Take what the defense gives you, you know, throw throw these screen passes and stuff, not for stuff, probably will benefit Mississippi State versus Costello, you know, maybe tried to push push a little bit and uh, and paid for it. Joe Fouché had two interceptions in that game also. Uh, so we'll see. It's going to be interesting. Arkansas is going to, you know, play the game. I would assume they may surprise us, but I would assume they're going to try to keep everything in front of them and take advantage where they can take advantage. Um, again, when you look at Will Rogers – Yards per completion, he averaged 8.8 yards per completion and completed 36 passes, 344 yards, 8.8 yard per attempt, excuse me, yards per attempt. His yards per completion were 9.3. Now look at K.J. Jefferson, for example. K.J. on the season, okay, Will Rogers 75.2% on the season, but we're just talking about his specific game. But K.J. on the season averages 15.1 yards per completion compared to 9.6 in that game for Rodgers. And K.J. only averages like 61.5%. Rodgers is six in pass efficiency, and a large part of that is 6.6 yards per attempt on the season, despite easily leading the SEC in passing yards. Again, a lot of that is really just kind of supplementing uh, for a run game. I think that's interesting how they run that offense. I mean, to me, like Mike Leach is like – because you look at like what they've done this season and, um, you know, they have notable wins against North Carolina State, uh, Kentucky, both of those at home. Um, and then they – to me, their best win was winning at College State and beating, uh, beating Texas A&M like 25-22, some kind of weird score, something like that. Uh, they lost at home. In week three, 28-25 to LSU and fell at home to Alabama, 49-9. And then they, their worst loss is probably losing at Memphis, 31-29 in week two. They also trounced Vanderbilt on October 23rd, 45-6 in Nashville. So, to me, like what all this kind of says to me, like against most opponents, most opponents, nobody's safe against Mike Leach and Mississippi State. Nobody's safe, and that includes – Mike Leach and Mississippi State. It includes themselves. They're also not safe from this because they're going to throw the ball 55 times average per game. And sometimes it works out in your favor and sometimes it doesn't. It's a lot of high risk, high reward kind of situation. So Arkansas is in a couple of streaks heading into this game. Um, it's a 3 p.m. kickoff on SEC Network. So 
Prior to the bye week, Arkansas had played four straight 11 a.m. games. Four straight. And they went one and three during that stretch, the only win coming against UAPB. Almost beat Ole Miss, obviously lost on a two-point conversion try. It also ends a streak of five straight games at five different venues. They played in Arlington. They played in Athens. They played in Oxford. They played in Fayetteville. And then they played in Little Rock. I, I would be surprised if there is a, another football team, whether it's high school, college, or pro, that did that this year, that played at five straight different venues. Pretty rare. And it's not just the SEC scheduling. Plenty of it's Arkansas's fault for the way they've scheduled things with you know, playing Arlington, playing in Little Rock. In my opinion, moving forward is first, the Arlington game's got to go. I think it will. I think everybody wants it over. And secondly, they shouldn't be playing anybody in Little Rock, and they, they've moved to this, um, who's a Power 5 team. They should, you know, Arkansas State, I think that's a great concept for that game. Uh, playing, you know, kind of meeting halfway in a sense, a little closer to Jonesboro, I guess, but kind of meeting halfway. And, uh, yeah, you know, playing in-state opponents and stuff like that, you know. Uh, I, it's just kind of the way college football has evolved that it just doesn't make the same sense that it used to make in playing that game in Little Rock. And it's just, it's just the way it is. It's unfortunate some of my greatest memories are, are attending Razorback games in Little Rock. But I don't know that it's, it makes a lot of sense anymore. So a couple of streaks end in this one. Let's see. And I'll tell you this too, like, you know, just with that Arlington game, I would, I would, like, if we go back in time, I would guarantee you that Arkansas wouldn't lose nine straight if they were playing home and home with Texas A&M. There's no question that this game hurt Arkansas being in Arlington all these years. We're going to get back to seeing Arkansas's defense the way they were. Last time out against a quality team, Bo Nix was 21-26 for 292 yards. That's 80%. I mean, if Will Rogers anybody's 80%, I mean, you're going to be in trouble, right? Even though he averages, I mean, 75% on the year. But um, I really feel like in that Auburn game, we didn't talk a whole lot about it afterwards, but uh, uh, I really think that Arkansas – just got they got the bad end of a lot of calls. And I'm not saying you blame the refs, but I, I think there's like this narrative out there that like you can't blame the refs. You know, like who's who who says that? Like why can't you? Everybody complains about SEC officiating, but you can't blame the refs for a loss. I'm not blaming them for a loss. I'm just saying that's one in a several categories. Why Arkansas lost that game to Auburn. Um they got the bad end of the stick on a lot of calls. The uh the strip, the fumble, I mean, that's a fumble. Um, there's two pass interference call that were pretty key that they that uh, really hurt Arkansas. Um, the fourth down spot, you know. I mean, so there, there were a lot of things that really hurt Arkansas in that. But I think it's kind of like, you know, the, the don't be a litter bug campaign. Like somebody – like that was created by a big business, I believe. I, I don't think that was like created by activists. It's something to do with like returning bottles and let's put it on the consumer. To, to throw their bottle away, to recycle their body bottle versus, you know, versus us taking 10 cents or whatever for the bottle. But that's like, a, a, I don't think a lot of people know that, and I probably didn't get it exactly right, but that's not like some activist created this campaign, don't be a litter bug. That's created by, like, people that are making bottles. <laughs> so, anyway, which Arkansas defense will we see? At its best, Arkansas's defense allows – 10 points against Texas A&M, 21 points against Texas. At its worst, it's given up 38 to Auburn and 52 to Ole Miss. So that's the balance. Now, should be a lot healthier. It's going to play a big role for them, I think. And how healthy is Mississippi State? I mean, Mississippi State's coming off of two, you know, pretty confirming wins, Vanderbilt and Kentucky. But, again, it's at, it's at Starkville. Like, people, uh, people were surprised that Mississippi State was favored in that. I'm not, just because, I mean – We've been watching teams go on the road in the SEC for a while now. It's tough to play at anybody else's place except for Nashville where, you know, odds are you're going to have more fans there than they will. It's, it's just tough. It's tough to go on the road, especially when they ring those cowbells. They'll stop them right before the play, but right when the play – when the ball snap, they start going again. Um, but this game's in Fayetteville, and it should be nice. I don't know what the weather's calling for right now, but – I tell you what, if you're coming up from Little Rock from Central Arkansas on 49 or you decided to veer off and take the pig trail maybe, you're going to get a pretty drive. I mean, the leaves are changing. It's it's that weather again. 
Okay. Before we get into more about Mississippi State, I want to talk about uh, Arkansas basketball. I said I would get to Curtis Wilkerson here shortly. So uh, Arkansas is 2-0 and in the exhibition season, barely. 68-60 winners over North Texas. And then we get a little bit of a break here before we, um, before we jump into the real thing. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Those of you who don't follow Curtis, you can follow him at Kurt Wilkerson underscore on Twitter. And, of course, he uh, is our lead basketball analyst, does everything, football, all that kind of stuff. Curtis, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm just – we were going over, you know, just kind of the latest things that's going on with Razorback football and stuff and wanted to shift gears and mix things up a little bit and talk a little bit of basketball. And um, you've, you've seen Arkansas play three times. You saw them in the red-white game. You saw them in both exhibitions. Uh, it's not just coming out like gangbusters like we thought in terms of, uh, you know, maybe they need a little bit of time to, to gel and find their way. Yeah, I, I think that's 100% right. You know, I, I don't think going into these two exhibition games against, you know, what in reality is a, a pretty average Division two school and, and a, a mid-major program in North Texas, it's, that's pretty good. We know that. But uh, to be in a, a dogfight and, you know, in the final minutes against both of those teams, it, it does come as a surprise. Uh, but there are some reasons for that. And, and quite honestly, that's why these exhibitions exist in the first place. You know, you want to be able to work out the kinks, uh, before it really counts in the win-loss column. So uh, it, it's been interesting to see. You know, there's there's no denying the talent on this team. They've got some really good players. And, you know, in terms of uh, just offensive firepower, I, I think that they've got more, you know, at, at their disposal than maybe they even did last year. Uh, and that's saying something, given the type of team that they had. But, you know, one thing that's really, really impacted what Arkansas is trying to do and, and head coach Eric Musselman is injuries. You know, I, I feel like over 50% of the things I write about, whether it's football or basketball, I'm writing about injuries. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, the preseason has been tough on Arkansas. You know, knock on wood, luckily they've been able to avoid uh, anything super serious that's going to impact someone's availability, you know, getting on into the season. Uh, but they've had several guys who've been banged up and missed a lot of critical practice time. So, you know, when you think about a, a team that's got a lot of new faces and, and guys evolving into into new roles and new surroundings and a, and a new system, and Eric Musselman, you know, what he does is different than a lot of places in terms of, uh, you know, just X's and O's and, and just the style and, and the atmosphere around the program. Uh, that kind of sets them back a little bit. They mm-hmm. haven't done a lot of a lot of contact five on five scrimmaging on a lot of days they don't even have enough players to go five on five so uh, i think what you're seeing early uh, especially on the offensive end uh, is guys a little bit un- unsure of where they're supposed to be who's supposed to take the shot uh, and, and you know i thought it was really interesting chris likes after this game the other day said hey you know one of my biggest things as a point guard is trying to figure out where my guys what, what are their best spots on the floor? Mm-hmm. Where do they score from? Where do they operate from the best? And he doesn't know because he hasn't been able to play with them a lot. So, you know, we have seen three games at this point, but we have not seen the full Razorback team yet. So it, it's going to be a while, I think, before we do. Curtis Wilkerson joining us again. Follow him at Kurt Wilkerson underscore on Twitter. So we're 10 days away from the season opener against Mercer. What what injuries are we talking about right now? I know Jalen Williams missed with a back. Uh, what are we talking about right now? These things that could be long term or, or stuff that maybe will get settled here in the next few days. 
Yeah, I think most of it's going to get settled, and and that's if, if there's a silver lining, I think that's it. You know, Jalen Williams missed uh, the North Texas game over the weekend with back spasms, uh, so I don't think that's going to be anything that lingers. He actually warmed up uh, with the team in pregame, and I, I didn't even realize until right before the game when they came back out for their you know their layup lines right before tip off that he was back in street clothes. So mm. uh, I think it was kind of a game-time decision there with him. He should be fine. Uh, but they did return Trey Wade, the transfer forward out of, out of Wichita State, who's been dealing with a knee injury. He missed uh, somewhere between four and six weeks of practice. He just got back into practice last week. And because they were shorthanded, he, he's out there after just a couple days, and, and he played 17 big minutes. So, mm-hmm. uh, And he looked good. It was, it was good to see him back out there. But – uh, you know, Kamani Johnson, another power forward who you're going to rely on some to rebound for this team. Uh, he's got a cast on his wrist right now. That's supposed to come off this week. Uh, and Musselman projects that he should be ready around opening day. We don't know what shape he'll be in. Uh, but those are kind of the main guys. You know, K.K. Robinson's been in and out a little bit. Uh, he's still kind of recovering. He's recovered, but getting back to 100% consistency with that foot. Uh, so, you know, those guys, and, and then they've had a couple others, you know, J.D. Note had an ankle, um, Aldis Tony had a sore knee, so guys have just been missing some days here and there, uh, and they just haven't had the full complement of players, but they're going to be pretty close to full strength as we get into the season, it looks like. So, Curtis, looking at this team, assuming that everybody gets back healthy in 10 days for Mercer, or later on, just just whenever – what what's your starting lineup look like? Because we know there's a lot of names, a lot of faces out there. We know when it gets down to the brass of it, it's going to be like eight guys probably. But what is your what is your starting five, and maybe who are your top three after that? Just right now, and and we'll we'll check in on this again later on down the road and see if that changes. Sure, I think you know my starting five. I like the group that they started with uh, in the first exhibition against East Central. I know it sounds weird saying that because they struggled, but uh, you know, obviously Devo, Devonte Davis in there, uh, JD Note, who's you know obviously the the super six man last year. He started both these exhibition games and looked really good. You know, he's he's led the team in scoring. Uh, just. Really had a great offseason. I think he's ready to kind of elevate that starting lineup. So I'd, I'd have Devo and JD in the backcourt. Um, Aldis Tony is a guy, you know, a transfer from Pitt. He's played about 35 minutes a game. He hasn't really gotten it going offensively yet. Mm-hmm. But, man, he's a big athletic wing. Uh, he can defend, really gets to the rim. I think as he gets a little bit more comfortable, those shots are going to start falling. I like him there at the three. Uh, Stanley Amude, who had a, had a forgettable scrimmage against East Central was much better against North Texas. He slots in really nice at the four. He's, he's kind of a mismatch nightmare. He can score inside and out. Uh, he really got it going on Saturday. I, I think he's going to be a big piece. Uh, and then Jalen Williams, I, I think you saw just how important he is to this team uh, in his absence on Saturday. Arkansas really struggled on the glass, uh, defending the paint, You know, giving up second chance points, points in the paint. Uh, he eliminates a lot of that. Just the volume rebounder, really good post defender. Uh, so I like him at the five. That would probably be my starting five. Uh, Chris Likes, I think, is is really you know providing instant offense off the bench uh, at the at the point guard. He can play the off guard spot even at five seven, but he can really score it and really create. Uh, he could be a guy that starts down the road, but he's looking good in that six man role right now. Um, I really like what I saw out of Trey Wade. You know, you're kind of wondering who's going to fit in behind uh, Jalen Williams at that center spot. And we know that, that Connor Vanover has some limitations and, and matchup problems at times. And Trey Wade looked really good in there. So I, I think he's going to be somebody that factors in. Then that last spot, I think, is really what's up for grabs. Um, you know, Jackson Robinson earned the start on Saturday. Uh, he's been uneven. You know, he's a knockdown shooter, but he hasn't made his shots yet. So mm-hmm. looking for some more consistency from him. Uh, K.K. Robinson got in. Devo was in some foul trouble, and K.K. got some extended run at point. And, and to be perfectly honest, uh, I thought the offense had its best flow and best rhythm with him kind of running the show. He had four assists, and, and I maybe one turnover, maybe not at all, but uh, really had him in a good rhythm. He wasn't really looking for a shot. He played some great defense, so I, he might factor into that uh, conversation as well. You heard it, everybody. Curtis Wilkerson said no shots are falling. They're completely out of sync, out of rhythm. It's just it's just a disaster up there. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> 
They'll get it. They'll get it together. I mean, we got Mercer oh, yeah. on November 9th, and then uh, Gardner Webb is Saturday, and uh, the, the November thirteenth. Um, and I guess that's probably going to be an early game since we know the LSU game is now going to be at uh, is is going to be at uh, six thirty. So I'm guessing that'll be an early game for that one. Yeah, I I, I think that probably will be. And, and what I will say, you know, I, it's fair. I think you know you want to take the the final score, the results from these exhibitions with a little bit of a grain of salt, but. Uh, you did expect more, you know, from a, a top 20 preseason team in, in these couple exhibitions, but uh, they are going to be fine. You know, I think maybe a little bit behind schedule in terms of where Musselman wants them to be. We talked about how the injuries impacted that. But in that first half against North Texas on Saturday, they really looked the part. Mm-hmm. I, I think they they flashed that potential of, of the type of team you think they could be. Uh, and, and it may have been good for them to have some struggles there and, and kind of a dry spell in the second mm-hmm. half just as a reminder of, hey, there's still plenty to work on. Well, I mean, when you just compare it to last year, the same time, Curtis, I mean, the red-white game was 103-67 to against their, you know, Division FCS, whatever member Mississippi Valley team, it was 142 to 62, 142 points. And then they played North Texas also in their second exhibition and, and won 69 uh, 54. That's right. Yeah, that's, that's very true. And, and they also uh, put those on SEC Network Plus and didn't do e- that for either of these, which was. Yeah. Annoying. Yeah, it is annoying. <laughs> it really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Curtis. Anything you want to chime in with with football? Uh, I guess I know you had to cover the basketball Saturday, but it was kind of nice to to not have anything too emotionally invested and just kind of sit back and watch some other teams play. Yeah, yeah, it really was. I I caught a lot of actually the the Michigan State Michigan game before yeah, I went I up to, to Bud Walton. That was mm-hmm. a fun one, uh, and and I've seen bits and pieces of that Mississippi State Kentucky game. I want to dive into that mm-hmm. maybe tonight or tomorrow. Uh, and get a good look at, at the Bulldogs. It's, it was a pretty impressive win for them last weekend. Yeah. So they'll be coming in hot. But, hey, you know, Kentucky's a physical team, so maybe they'll be a, be a little banged up when they come in here on Saturday. We'll see. I really think it comes down for Arkansas to their emotion, how long it takes them to realize that they're in a football game, if that's a factor at all. Uh, because they have been they have been kind of out of it for – I mean, I mean, UAPB was just – I mean, they just walked right through them, you know, in the first half, the starters are pulled, and you know they, you know they took it easy in practice all, that week. And then last week, you know they did, really took it easy on the starters in practice. And so how long does it take them to uh, to get it? And I don't know. I mean, I, I think watching their energy level uh, right out of the gate could tell you a lot about how this game's going to go. I think so, too. I, I think it's going to be really interesting. I, I don't I don't know. I guess uh, I guess you guys will get to do a little bit of practice later. I don't know how much mm-hmm. they're going to do, but I just wonder how intense practice is going to be to kind of uh, maybe curb some of that. I, I thought that was a good question that you asked in the press conference today, and it, it is going to be interesting to see early on. So maybe uh, getting out to a fast start will be one of those keys to victory. Yep. All right, Curtis. Appreciate you joining us, man, as always. Yep, of course, anytime. All right, everybody, that's Curtis Wilkerson. Again, C-U-R-T Wilkerson underscore on Twitter. He's a great follow. If you're a Razorback basketball fan, like Curtis has been with us for over a year now, but there's going to come a time here, and we're not too far from it, that when you think of Arkansas basketball and coverage, you think of Curtis Wilkerson. He's on that kind of trajectory. If you ask anybody who who follows him, is familiar with Curtis, they'll tell you that. So follow Kurt Wilkerson on Twitter and read his stuff on hogsports.com. I promise you'd be glad you did. And you can also – plenty of ways to follow that information. We put all of our free content up on Facebook. So for those of you who aren't following our Facebook page, we run this show live on Facebook – um, just how we like to do it. We have 80,000-plus followers there, so we like to run this show live there. Um, so if you haven't followed the page there, be sure to do so and share it with somebody you think might like. If you got a dad, uncle, brother, sister, cousin, whatever you think might like the show, old college buddy that uh, that doesn't know about it, then, then make sure you inform them about it. And also available on YouTube, subscribe to this page, uh, interact, share through that, um, hit the notification bell so you're notified anytime we upload new videos. And uh, I really appreciate the five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. We're the highest-rated Razorback show. We're the highest-rated Razorback show right now at five stars. And we want to keep that up. So uh, let other people know what to think. Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you can think of five favorite podcasts. Bye. All right. A couple more things I want to go over before we get your questions here. Just, uh, just a few stats here and there. If you look at Mississippi State right now, uh, in turnover margin, they're seventh. They have thrown uh, seven interceptions, five fumbles lost. So they are 12 
uh, and turnovers lost. So right in the middle of the pack, right there with Arkansas. Arkansas and Mississippi State are both tied for seven. Obviously, turnovers are going to play a big role in this game. Uh, Mississippi State puts it in the air a lot. I mean, 134 times more than the next closest team, I think, is Ole Miss. Uh, so they put it up a lot, thrown seven interceptions, as I've mentioned, uh, which is also a little a little high. Uh, so something to keep an eye on. Eye on. Uh, Mississippi State is averaging 425.5 yards a game, which is only eighth, which is a little bit surprising because they pass the ball so much. But, again, it comes down to those yards per completion slash attempt. When you look at the passing offense, 371.1 yards per game, averaging 55.4 throws per game and hitting 75%. You know, Barry Lonnie Jr. used to say when he's talking about completion percentages and stuff that they didn't have when he was playing, they didn't have all those gimme throws. Completions were completions. They were throwing downfield. They weren't throwing all these screens and tunnel screens and stuff like that. So one reason those percentages are, are way up there, and that's, you know, with the air raid offense going back to when we remember it at Kentucky and probably Valdosta State before that, I never saw them play, but I cer certainly saw Kentucky. They were doing the same kinds of things. Obviously, it's all evolved, but uh, doing the same kind of things. Rushing offense, last in rushing offense, as you would expect, 54.38 yards per game. I mean, barely even trying. And, again, they supplement. You look at those running backs, two of them are in, the, like, the top five in receptions per game, <laughs> two of Mississippi State's running backs. Listed at running backs anyway. Kind of air quote running back, I guess. Scoring offense. Only 28 points a game for Mississippi State. 11th in scoring offense. Total defense. Third in total defense. Now, a lot of this is because they hold the ball a lot. I mean, they throw a lot of short passes. You know, they pick up rushing yardage type of, of gains. Uh, they hit at a high completion rate, and they keep the ball, you know, moving. So, they're going to lead the SEC in, uh, in um, time of possession. Passing defense, they're ninth, 223.6 yards per game. Rushing defense, they're actually pretty solid. Second, tied for second with Alabama, 89.6 yards per game surrendered. Scoring defense, ninth, 24.6 per game. Time of possession, as I mentioned, 35 minutes, 7 seconds. Easily leading ahead of Alabama, Florida, Georgia. Those are the programs, Texas A&M. You know, those are the teams that are, that are a little bit behind them there. So, and as I mentioned, Will Rogers is 328 of 436 passing, 75.2%, 2,892 yards, 19 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Again, yards per attempt, just 6.6 .6 yards per attempt. That ranks out of quarterbacks that have – Competed in at least 75% of their games in the SEC, that ranks tied for last, tied for 10th with 6.6 .6 yards per completion. KJ Jefferson, by contrast, is 9.3 yards per attempt. Excuse me, those are attempts. I always mix those up, but those are attempts. Now, go going back to these receiving numbers, Malik uh, Mackay Poke is, has 63 receptions on the year, which leads the SEC. 75.4 yards per game. He's averaging 9.6 yards per completion, 9.6 yards per catch. And number two is Jaquavius Marks, who's a running back. He's tied for number two in the SEC in, in catches as a running back. He has 5.9 catches per game. That's 58 total, 43 yards. Excuse me, 5.9 yards per reception so he's catching short passes screens those types of things and then you scroll down to number five there's Traylon Burks but number five tied for Burks with also 42 catches so Burks has 42 for 717 yards and tied with him is Dylan Johnson from Mississippi State 42 catches for 261 yards less than 10 yards per catch more Burks is at 17.1 this kid's at 6.2 32.6 yards per game 5.3 receptions per game, fifth in the SEC. I mean, then you got Austin Williams, who's up there at number 14. I mean, obviously you would expect a lot of receivers in here. Jaden Wally, who's at 11. All right. And then rushing, I mean, you got to go down to number 34, 35 for Jaquavius Marks and Dylan Johnson, both averaging around 31 yards per game on the ground. So – not a lot of rushing yards. When you look at defense, Jet Johnson, 
junior linebacker, has 59 tackles. Nathaniel Watson, junior linebacker, has 52 tackles. They rank 16th and 24th in tackles. Sacks, Tyra Sweet at number 25 with three tackle with three sacks. And interceptions, you've got Emmanuel Forbes, sophomore cornerback, with three total interceptions. Montaric Brown also tied for second with three total interceptions. And Fred Peters at seven, tied for seventh with, with uh, two interceptions. So that's the numbers right there for Mississippi State. All right, we're going to turn over to your questions now. Let's see what we got. N.P. Rich says, Woo Pig Suey, anniversary follower. One-year anniversary with N.P. Rich. Appreciate you, N.P. Jonathan Easterling says, Woo Pig Suey from Bentonville. Chad Everett says, what's up, Trey? Hoop Hogs got their work cut out for them. Don't shape up. If they don't shape up, Nats are gone for the year in South Georgia. That's good. Hogs, go Hogs beat MSU. By the way, I forgot to mention this, but Curtis Wilkerson also does a sister podcast called Hog Hoops Live. Uh, it's on a different channel on YouTube, but it's the same channel on Facebook, same podcast channel, all that kind of stuff. But uh, he'll be getting that going pretty soon. We usually like to do those kind of midweek games, so like after the midweek game, so either a Wednesday or a Thursday usually for those. So um, And he does stand-ups from time to time if it's a big game or it's a – you know, it's like the first exhibition, things like that. Uh, he'll do like a, you know, 10, 15-minute recap on those things. So be uh, be on the lookout for that. But on YouTube, it's under the Hog Hoops Live channel, so it's a different channel on YouTube. But same on Facebook, same on all your podcasts. Nathan Lair says, do you think we'll see any personnel changes coming out of the bye week? I mean, we saw some in the UAPB game. I mean, they started Miles Slusher over Simeon Blair, started Jaden Johnson over Greg Brooks. So there's a couple right there. I know that they really liked uh, what they saw out of Cam Ball, so maybe we see Cam Ball more on the defensive line. Uh, but I don't know that we're, we're going to see just like this wealth of changes because I think when healthy, Arkansas actually is a pretty good team. So I don't know that there's a whole big need for like – all these huge changes. Now, I think we may can excuse me may continue to see Miles Slusher in there. May see Jaden Johnson. Jaden Johnson versus Greg Brooks. Do I want to have the experience there, or do I like the ceiling that Jaden Johnson, the physicality, fighting through those screens? You know, what do I like there? I think Greg Brooks has had, has had moments where he's just like you know early in the year I thought Greg Brooks was playing really really good, and you know it kind of waned a little bit. You know, sometimes it's an injury, sometimes those kinds of things factor in. So. But I think for this game, I think I might regular might rather see uh, Greg Brooks in there just because of his experience. Because it's it's a such a and that's one of the questions I asked Sam Pittman today. It's just such a difficult position to play as a nickel because they're going to run at you. Um, you know, you be, you could be a conflict guy. Um, you know, you got to fight through uh, blockers on that screen game, which they're going to run a lot. You got to make tackles. It's a tough position to play. You got to be quick enough to cover a slot receiver, but physical enough to fight through a blocker and make the tackle on a on a screen play. So, tough spot to play. Three year anniversary follower Les Holt says, "Finally, a night game, and wouldn't you know, it's an away game in Death Valley. It's a tough place to play, Les. Now, I've been there before at a night game in Death Valley, and Arkansas won. I've seen them win there at night." Two-year anniversary follower Will Bonham says, Trey Biddy, do you think Kendall Browse and Barry Odom will stay another year? I don't think either of them will leave for a coordinator job voluntarily. I don't think either one will. I think if uh, there's an opportunity for a head coaching job and there's some jobs starting to pop up, we've seen TCU, we know LSU, Texas Tech, there's some jobs popping up in this area where you'd think maybe maybe there's somebody they would look at. Mark Douglas is a five-year anniversary follower. I suspect Mississippi State will learn a lot from last year's game, how Ole Miss did this year, and game plan. Be prepared to drop, for the drop eight to chew up yards with 10-plus play drives and not get the home run on every play. I hope our defense game plan is not what they are predicting preparing for all week. I mean, they're going to throw short passes. So do you want to bend but don't break type of situation where you, you do drop eight or you want to attack them more? I don't know. I mean, Mike Leach isn't really going to change a whole lot of what he does. <laughs> Arkansas pretty much dropped eight the entire – there might have been a couple of plays where they brought a defensive back down, but a couple by meaning like two at most. 
Casey French Fulton says, you, uh, us Arkansas fans in Texas like it. Like it, though, in Arlington. <laughs> I know, but, like, okay, so this is why – this is another reason. This is another reason, like, 11 o'clock games, uh, playing these five games in a row at five different venues has hurt Arkansas. Because the only one game in that time, and it was an 11 o'clock game against Auburn, could they have visitors. Arkansas – let this sink in for a second. Arkansas is the only team in the SEC in the month of October that did not host a single official visitor. The only team in the SEC that didn't host a single official visitor. That's a fact. That is a bad fact. That's not good. Okay? And a lot of it is because, sure, they got back-to-back road games scheduled by the SEC. That happens. Most teams will probably go through something like that, back-to-back road games sometime. But Arkansas did some of this to themselves. Arlington, Little Rock. I mean, you take those two out of it, and then Arkansas has got – you know, five games in a row, and they got three games in Fayetteville and two on the road versus five at five different places and only one at their home stadium. So I get it. Yes, I understand. There are reasons to enjoy going to Arlington, especially for Texas, you know, Razorback fans there. But if you're, like, really looking, like, beyond, like, what do I enjoy? What's good for the program? Is it good for the program to be playing Power 5 teams in Little Rock, to be playing Texas A&M in Arlington? Is that good for the program? Or is that just something that you would enjoy for your own convenience? I'm not calling you out, Casey, not specifically. I get it. (laughs) Jeff Cato says there's – Jeff Cato, by the way, is a five-year anniversary follower. Um, There's nothing going – there's nothing to gain by playing Arkansas State anywhere. (laughs) If you're – I mean, I think it probably makes the most sense if you're going to play anybody in Little Rock than playing like Arkansas State. Cato says also we have some spoiled fans that want football team to come to them. Great minds, Jeff. We give away home advantage, recruiting, and money. Keith Jackson says we're going to win out. I mean, that would be nice. Alabama's in there, too, at Tuscaloosa, you know. But I think Arkansas has got a chance to win all those other three. I'm not saying that you never have a chance to beat somebody, like, you know, because crazy things happen in football. But, you know, that game is in Tuscaloosa (laughs) also. We talked about how hard it is to run on the road. Landon Montgomery, a follower, says, Trey, dude, is Mississippi State about to embarrass our DBs? Never thought about it would be a liability this year. I mean, it's not just the DBs because linebackers are going to be involved in this too. It's going to be everybody, you know. Are they going to throw for 300-something yards? Yeah. If you're not expecting them to throw for 300-something yards, then I would say to expect that. Now, if they throw for 400 or more, maybe then it's a little more time to get concerned. Again, at, at its best, Arkansas's defense plays pretty well. I mean, at its best, it's given up 10 to 10. Now, the difference is Hudson Card, Zach Calzada, before Calzada, you know, kind of figured things out a little bit. I mean, less experienced quarterbacks, they definitely took advantage of it. See how it plays out. Curtis McMillan says, hey, Trey, I always look forward to your walk and talks. Please, uh, please keep, keep doing them. Why did you stop calling your roofer and getting his take on Hog Sports? I know. Next, I'm going to call my insurance adjuster, get his take. <laughs> well, I appreciate the comments on the walk and talk. I, I mean, for now, there's no plans to stop doing the walk and talk. I will say this. Uh, the UAPB one, I did not travel to UAPB. Um, had some things going on up here. And I just walked around, you know, close by the neighborhood. Um, just because I feel like people would rather me do that. Normally, like, you know, during COVID or before that, like when I wouldn't travel for an away game, I would just do the studio show. People like to walk and talk, so I just go outside and start walking around and do it that way. So um, I don't have plans right now to travel to LSU or Alabama right now. And the reason is just because the more things kind of evolve here, and I'm not saying I'm not going to travel for road games anymore, and that's not what I'm saying. But I watch, like, when I travel for a road game, I watch one game. And it's Arkansas. And I love that. That's the game I want to watch. If I had to pick any game, I'm obviously watching Arkansas. But I feel uninformed when it comes down to it. Like the next day, maybe a Monday or something, I'll be like, who who lost? They lost? You know, because I've been dead focused on Arkansas. And it's it's not just like the going to the game part, because that's the best part. Obviously, if I could just pop in and go to Baton Rouge, you know, and be in the stadium, you know, that's fine. But it's the travel getting down there. It's the travel getting back. It's figuring out where your parking spot is, you know, being in an unfamiliar territory, all of those things that go into it. And, you know, it, by the end of it, you haven't watched any other football games. And you're I just feel kind of uninformed by it. Now, 
like obviously being in Fayetteville, you know, it takes me 20 minutes, 25 minutes with traffic to get to my parking spot. I know exactly where it is. I pop in there, you know, cover the game, do the walk and talk, come home. It's a lot different at home. So that's that's just kind of my thoughts on it. So I don't have plans right now to go to Baton Rouge or to Tuscaloosa. Some people may not like that. I don't know. But for me, I feel like I can do so much more in terms of producing content, being informed on the world of college football, kind of by sitting back. And maybe maybe it's something we look at in the future of sending somebody else to the games. I don't know. But, you know, I feel like in a lot of ways the only reason I'm going to these games is because people sit, want to see me walking around the stadium. <laughs> and, and the last couple of them has been a lawnmower and a blower in the background, which is frustrating because it's not cheap. It's not cheap to do these trips. MP Rich, one-year anniversary follower once again, says Curtis is the GOAT. Yes, he is. He does a great job. Again, follow him at Kurt Wilkerson underscore on Twitter. Landon Montgomery says, do you think this team is expecting a better season? Seems like they let go of the rope a bit after Ole Miss. I don't think that they let go of the rope. I think against Auburn, they had some really unfortunate calls. I feel like Auburn's kind of hitting their stride at the same time, too. Um, and they had some plays that didn't go against them, and they're beat up. You know, we're talking about playing so many weeks of straight football without a break for a team that overall, depth-wise, doesn't have a lot of it. So, And I think we saw that against UAPB. So um, I think this was – desperately needed time off and they got four games here four games and three of them i look at and say they can win these lsu at baton rouge is always going to be hard but lsu can be had we know that they can be beaten okay we know arkansas is going to be formidable against most anybody in fayetteville and that missouri game should be an arkansas win they should beat missouri i don't care if it was at columbia i don't care if it was at arrowhead or where it's going to be but it's going to be in fayetteville Arkansas should win that game. Marco Giles says, is Greg Brooks okay? Also, do you think we could eventually see Devin Bush? We have seen Devin Bush some, and I don't know that Greg Brooks is absolute 100% because I do feel like he's playing better ball earlier in the year. Chris Light says, I hope for seven wins. You agree. Seven wins means beating Mississippi State or and or LSU, and I think most of us are saying Arkansas should beat Missouri. So there's three opportunities to get two of those wins, in my opinion. Again, I'm not saying that they could never beat Alabama. I'm just saying the odds are so stacked against them, it's hard for us to sit here and, like, entertain that idea right now, you know. Ben Rose says, what's the injury list look like? Well, I mean, I think the key injuries were uh, Dalton Wagner at right tackle, who's been out with a broken finger. He's going to be back. And uh, Markel Lutze, who's been out also. I can't remember what Lutze's injury is. Now, Ridgeway got a little bit banged up. Uh, in the UAPB game, and Zach Zymus did also, and Zach could be out for a bit, but, um, you know, he plays more on special teams and those kind of things. Other than that, we're talking about, you know, sprains, bumps, bruises, aches, stingers, those types of things. And KJ wasn't 100% uh, in the Auburn game, and I don't know if he was 100% in the UAPB game or not, but uh, he should be a lot better. And Traylon Burks, they really took it easy on him. You know, he's been in a boot anytime he hasn't been on the football field since fall camp. Chris Light says 7-5 and a bowl win and, a, and win a bowl. Depends on the opponent. Right now I've seen Arkansas projected in the Outback Bowl against Michigan. That would be fun. Take that one again. Keith Jackson says, why are we not running jet sweeps with Hornsby? It wouldn't surprise me to see them maybe start incorporating Hornsby a little bit in some packages like that. Not like putting him at wide receiver, but actually, you know, saying, hey, you know, let's work on this jet sweep with Hornsby and maybe one pattern or something, you know, and get him in there a couple times a game. Who's the kid on the banner on the side of the, the page? That is uh, Will Rogers. I usually put a player or coach for the opposing team uh, over on the banner side, Chris Light asks. Five-year anniversary follower Don Eldred says, I think we're on the road in October again next year. Keith Jackson says, Johnson's going to be a star. Pat Gamble says, go Razorbacks, five-year anniversary follower. Top fan Chris Light says, we win this one. We need to win this uh, one in Missouri bad, yeah, against Missouri. Chris Light says seven. Brad Hodges, who is a five-year anniversary follower, says Trey, will DJ start and or get a minimum of 15 touches? Well, Sam Pittman was asked about that again today. I wrote a long article about, you know, the things that, um, that he has done this season. And, I mean, when you look at it, he deserves more carries. I, I'd kind of broken it down like, okay, he needs to get about 75 touches the rest of the way. 
okay? And if he does that and averages about five and a half yards carry, which right now is averaging 6.9, but as the lead got back, you expect that to maybe go down a little bit more. Um, you know, that gets him – that gets him, you know – I think I I think that gets him like over seven hundred yards for the season. So, Chris Light says we need two or four, and then says why 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 crybaby. Not sure what you're talking about there, Chris. Chris Light says, do you need to get all the games, especially the ones we might win now, Alabama? You know we're not going to win. You don't need to get. The, do you need to get all the games, especially the ones we might win now, Alabama? There's no period. I, I'm sorry, Chris. I'm not sure exactly what you're saying there. Philip Warren says, why do you think we give K.J. Moore third, fourth, and one carries? Why do you think we don't give? Um, I mean, they have given him some 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 action in those scenarios, but um, I don't know. I guess I haven't looked at, at it specifically on what down and distance he's getting the carries. Chris Light says, do you need the tax deduction so I'll be fine – you keep going, especially if we might win. I'm sorry, Chris. I just can't understand what you're writing sometimes, but <laughs> there's not enough periods in here, buddy. Um, let's see. That just jumped on me. Rocky Carter, who is a one-year anniversary f follower, says, I can't see the three-man front working the whole game against these guys. I'm afraid we'll, they'll pick us apart. Got to get some pressure. Our backer is going to be critical. Kevin Venable, who's a five-year anniversary follower, says, do you think Browse will be up for any of the Texas coaching jobs? I think probably he will be a guy that's mentioned. I mean, we've already seen him and Barry Odom both be uh, both popping up. Chris Light says, great show. Appreciate that, Chris. Ricky Williamson says, Trey, do you agree D. Johnson should be our starting running back? Yeah, I mean, we we were just talking about it. I've written – I've been beating the, the Dominic Johnson drum for weeks upon weeks now. I mean, that first of all, he should be getting more carries. And then, you know, kind of went to – he's obviously one of the top two running backs on the team, too, where I think that he is the best running back on the team. And Rocket Sanders is number two. And that's how the rotation should go, in my opinion. Now, should Traylon Smith continue to get in there some? Sure. A.J. Green some? Sure. But this idea that we're rotating four backs, nobody's doing that. Two backs. Rotate two backs. Sprinkle in the other guys here and there. But Dominic Johnson, in my opinion, has earned a job as the starter. He needs to be getting at least 15 carries a game. Chris Light says, driving text, talk, text, sorry. You know better than that, Chris. <laughs> I don't have to tell you that. Be careful. And we'll get it out with this one. Marco Giles says, let's see some Dominic Johnson on third and one better. Exactly. Exactly. Better yet, let him run the rock and we'll be resetting the change every one or two plays. Laugh face. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for joining me. I know we took a little bit of time off, so I appreciate you guys being patient with us. We needed a little bit of time. Everybody needed a little bit of a break. Get healthy. Get the vocal cords. Vocal cords. See, it's over 50 minutes here, and I, I start doing that. So vocal cords, we're going to get those going now. All right. I want to thank Curtis Wilkerson for joining us. Of course, all of you for joining in and, uh, and asking your questions as well. And um, – uh, that'll do it. All right, so we'll be back with you guys. We'll have plenty of content for today uh, after practice, and we'll be back with you guys on Thursday to break things up a little bit more. And um, be on the lookout for Hog Hoops Live. I'm not sure when Curtis plans on dropping his uh, Season 2 episode, but uh, that should be coming up soon. All right, everybody, thanks for joining me. This has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time.